Here at We Drink and We Farm Things, we're not about fear-mongering, but we sure are about safety and risk management. It's super tempting to use heat lamps when winter temps hit and get scary low, but trust us, it's not worth the risk of fires and your animals being trapped in a bad situation. That's why we love Sweeter Heater, a safer alternative to heat lamps. Their products provide a soft, safe, gentle, infrared radiant heat to your new poultry friends. Sweeter Heater has no hot spots and develops a uniform heat pattern. It is designed to warm the animal, not the environment, and is fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your choice in baby poultry or just a warm space for your farm animals. Like Hamlet the Juliana pig, he loves his. So upgrade your farm friends to a less risky solution. Sweeter Heater. Go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? Today, I went for a four shots uh, latte. Whoa. (laughs) And smothered it with whipped cream and cinnamon because I deserve those things. You do. Yeah. I totally agree. And I went for four shots because I just felt like I wasn't messing around with my caffeination today. It's actually really (laughs) good with four shots. I find them to have too much milk in them. I feel like I've mentioned that before, but I think four shots is just right. Uh, I like it. So what did you open over there? So I opened a new Glarus Brewing Company, and I might have said that wrong. Um, it's an employee-owned brewery, brewery. I swear I have I've taken one sip of beer, um, and the beer is Spotted Cow. Mm. Yeah. So my cousin is obsessed with this beer, and one of my coworkers came home from Wisconsin over the break and he's like what beer do you want me to bring you from wisconsin i was like well if you're offering and you can find it like i'd love to try this one and he successfully found it and i hang on i hung on to this for like a special episode and i feel like it just fits today's episode theme too good Ooh, nice i like it i like it when something fits a theme you know fun fact i am drinking my latte out of my fancy mug Mm. you know the one Mm -hmm. from christmas so nice oh i also have to mention that this is a farmhouse ale and that is also why i wanted him to track it down because when we went to coop camp i tried my first farmhouse ale and became instantly obsessed so that is also very important. <laughs> They're my favorite. They're the best. And that new Glarus beer is really good. I've had it before. Highly recommend it. Yes. Our drink peep this episode is our friend and team member, Katie, over at Sticky Woo-hoo. Holler Farm. So cheers, lady. Cheers. And now it's time for Henny and Rue Corner. 
Yay! Yay! So let's talk about what we got in our February 2021 box. Bev, what was your favorite item this month? So my favorite item was the silicone egg poaching cups. Have you tried them yet? No, I have not tried them yet, but I like just got my box in before okay. a crazy snowstorm came in. So I've like barely just gotten to open it. So I haven't gotten to use <laughs> it. But um, I love to make avocado toast in the morning mm-hmm. and this will make it easier and faster to make the egg part because I won't have to like get the griddle involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I also make a lot of ramen for lunch so I can like poach an egg really quick and throw it on top of my ramen to like make it healthier. So nice. and have more protein in it. So I was really excited about those. Also, I'm drowning in eggs over here. So I basically have to eat eggs for every meal. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't justify keeping all these chickens. <laughs> yeah, our chickens are, are on strike over here. So I had to buy eggs. I've oh, had my to buy gosh. Eggs for a couple weeks now. So yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> I wish I could send you some because I have a whole refrigerator full. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what was your favorite thing from the Henny and Rue box? So my favorite thing this month was the Henny and Rue kitchen towel because it had a super cute pattern on it. And I am obsessed with kitchen towels for some reason. I I don't know. I think I don't know if I get that one from my mom or not, but I really like seasonal towels and I like swap them in and out and get excited about like busting out the St. Patrick's Day's towels. But there's like... um, other towels that are always in rotation and I think this one might be able to always be in rotation so now that everybody knows that about my weird kitchen towel obsession um I I wonder if I'm alone or not in that (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're alone I want to be a person that enjoys fancy kitchen towels but what ends up happening to me is I will put them out and then I'll forget that they're out so then they stay longer than they're seasonally welcome. <laughs> so I still have like Christmas ones out in the middle of the summer. Um, and also I use all my kitchen towels, like regardless if it's a fancy one or not. So my fancy ones mm-hmm. end up getting kind of, you know, bedraggled by the end of the season anyways, because I used them. <laughs> they're not supposed <laughs> to be used. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> So we also got inside the box a fantastic jumbo treat holder and the treat that goes with it. So mm-hmm. it's super cool. It's like this giant tasty thing made with mealworms, mint, oregano, parsley, basil, and turmeric. And it's a protein-filled snack that's great for uh, boredom busting for your hens, especially during all the snow we've been getting. Mm-hmm. We also got a Henny and Rue 3-in-1 Vitamins, Electrolytes, and Probiotics, which helps support health, hydration, and digestion. And it's safe for both chicks and adult chickens. So always handy to have ready for an emergency. We also got a fun chicken toy that you can fill with treats or cracked corn. Um, They'll help keep your chickens busy. Like with all the snow we're having, yeah. I feel like I just repeated myself, but there's a theme to this box, clearly. Yes, <laughs> winter boredom busting. Yes, and um, for the human boredom bust boredom busting, we got a rooster cookie cutter. Um, so if you're like me right now and uh, dealing with stress by baking things, um, this was also super exciting to have. <laughs> 
available for my own boredom busting. <laughs> and we also got some Hershey's chocolate because oh. kids shouldn't just get all the sweets on Valentine's Day. So there's that. Yeah. And as always, we got a nesting box liner. This comes in every box and you just put it in the nesting box and ta-da! And when it's gross, you just pull it out and throw it away and it's compostable. Yay! Yay! Yeah. So if you're looking to uh, snag the March Henny and Rue box, you can do that by going to hennyandrue.com and you can use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout and you'll get 10% off if it's your first box. And I think you're going to want to do that because we have information on the sneak peek. And it sounds pretty cute. Yes, it does. It sounds super cute. So one of them is the uh, spring chicken zipper pouch. Mm -hmm. And I saw the picture of it. And it is adorable. And who doesn't need more zipper pouches for organizing things? I mean, I'm not going to be mad about it. That's for sure. (laughs) There's also a resin distress silver hen for spring decorating. And I've already been like scrolling online for spring decor. And I saw this picture of this uh, distressed silver hen. And I'm like, that'll be perfect on my mantle. I'm very excited about it. Yes. And we also get a one and a half pound bag of Henny and Rue's Pectacular Grains and Mealworms. And... So there's still some surprises left. Um, There are six more things in this box for both you and your chickens. So, you know, we're not spoiling everything here. So you want to get the March box, go to honeyandrew.com and sign up. So I think we were trying to time this episode to drop like right before Valentine's Day, but shit got crazy and we're recording on Valentine's Day (laughs) instead But I feel like this is still appropriate to talk about on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it is, too. And it'll drop shortly. Like, oh, this will get edited and out within a couple of days. So they'll get it within a few days of Valentine's Day. So it's still good. Afterglow of Valentine's Day. Yes. We're just talking about love things all month. So it really doesn't matter. <laughs> but in today's episode, we're I was going to try to give you guys an overview of cow artificial insemination because that's something that I need to look into anyways. Um, but as I started researching, I realized that some there are like some basic things that we should probably talk about first. The one major and really important thing being how you can even tell a cow is in heat. Which is probably, like, in some ways obvious, and then in other ways, like, really tricky, just like yeah. the goats. It, I found that it is very dependent on your situation. Um, <laughs> I found a really great article from Oklahoma State University about uh, AI, and there is a ton of information about heat tracking. So we'll start there today, and we'll cover how to know if your cow or heifer is in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, did that's it. the best. I did it. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> Day made. Day made. All right. So let's just dive right in. Uh, the first section in the article that gets into heat detection talks about um, just general basic things about heat detection and beef artificial insemination programs because this is a thing like sometimes you don't want to have a bull around um and and if you're not going to have a bull around it it's actually really challenging to tell if a cow is in heat or not (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there's lots of reasons to not have a bowl around. So yes. it's, it's totally valid. <laughs> yes. Like I couldn't imagine like when Fancy has gotten out, like at least she like likes me and is semi predictable. A bowl, you just, you never know. And I can't imagine a bowl like, oh, getting out. How terrifying. Oh, God, no. <sighs> but I digress. Um, so estrus or heat is that period of time that occurs every 18 to 24 days in sexually mature, non-pregnant female cattle when they are receptive to mounting activity by bulls or other cows. Um, there's been a lot of research done contributing um, to figure out the contributing factors um, of a cow's heat and how to efficiently detect and track a cow being in heat. Um, and one of the key factors is the skill of the human performing the heat detection. So it's not like you can just look at a cow and say, yep, she's ready to go. You know, she's, we'll do this AI thing now. Um, no, it's really not that easy. And the cow does have to be in standing heat <laughs> in order for you to do this. So the window is very, very small. Um, a cow is fertile when an egg has been released from the ovary. And this occurs about 10 to 14 hours after the period called standing heat. So because sperm needed needs time in the cow's reproductive tract, before they can, uh, they are capable of fertilizing the egg. Insemination should be made several hours before ovulation occurs. This means that for the highest fertility, cows and heifers should be inseminated in the latter two thirds of the heat or within a few hours after they have gone out of heat. This represents approximately 12 to 18 hours after the cow first comes into standing heat. So, like, heat starts and the clock is ticking. Yeah. And you have to, like, know when it starts and, like, set a timer on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very efficient. <laughs> yes. It, sound, it takes the sexiness, like, right out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it sure does. All right. So, heat detection efficiency or rate is defined as the percentage of eligible cows that are actually seen or detected in heat. So this article is obviously like if you have a ton of cattle and you're trying to get all your cows knocked up, um, that that's what where the rate of efficiency comes from. So like for fancy, like it's going to be zero or 100. <laughs> <laughs> if I had 10 cows, it probably make more sense to have an efficiency rate. Um, but the, the article states that a detection rate of 80 to 85% should be achievable. And the t detection rate can be measured by the 24 day heat detection rate test, which is a test that a producer can implement to self-evaluate the heat detection efficiency or inefficiency. So you, you like give yourself a grade. I, I actually think that I'm going to take a page out of this and start to grade myself on my goat heats. Oh. Because, like, sometimes I feel like I just, like, get kind of in the weeds of looking for them to be in heat because I want so badly to breed them mm. for baby goats. And so, like, I think that there's a lot of things I'm missing or I'm, like, jumping the gun. But mm. if I used something like this to, like, grade how accurately I'm actually, like, tracking it, then maybe I'll, like, slow down and actually follow all the steps to make sure that I've got it. I'll certainly drive to the breeder less 
if I have a higher <laughs> efficiency rate over here on my small goat farm. <laughs> right. And having goals that are measurable are is very important. And it, in my brain, it seems like breeding should be pretty easy to measure. But really, like, it's very sciencey. Mm-hmm. You should really track things and write them down. So that sounds like a great idea. And sometimes when you can have like, I know that you really like rituals and that could be like a ritual that is built around your goat's heat cycles. So it might just make it become more like second nature eventually for you Mm -hmm. to just know when, when it's time to take that drive. Yep. I love it. So in order for cows to be included in the test, um, they have to be eligible to have heat cycles at least 50 days post-calving for beef cows. Um, They must be free of reproductive disorders such as cystic ovaries um, or other reproductive tract type infections, and they have to be non-pregnant, obviously. Um, In addition, cows must have adequate body condition, so they got to be in the right shape to have a baby. Um, What producers are looking for in a group of cows that are most likely to display esterous in the next 24 days, so you can group them together that way. And some of these cows will be, in fact, be um, serviced during that interval, which will exclude them from the next 24-day list. At the end of the 24-day period, the number of cows detected in heat is divided by the total number of cows eligible to have esterous estrus cycles. If the producer observed 50 cows, but only 15 were detected in heat in 24 days, that is a 30% detection rate, which sucks. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) If the producer finds 40 or more cows in heat during the 24-day test period for 80% or better detection rate, then a good artificial insemination program is possible. A second method of self-evaluation of heat detection can be performed by keeping an accurate record of heat dates. The average interval in days between detected heats is divided into the expected interval or 21 days. So, for example, if the average interval between detected heats for all eligible cows is 25 days, then the detection efficiency would be computed at 21 divided by 25 or 84%. Yay, math. So you know what I've been doing to track heats? I actually bought a second calendar, like a wall hanging calendar that's on oh. my office wall. And I just write on it, um, you know, sky and heat, May and heat, Tonks and heat. And then I also write, like I calculate out the next 18 days. And I'm like, look for sky and heat or Tonks and heat or whomever. Oh, and then so that way I can track when I think they're going to go into heat and when they actually do go into heat. And then that way I can flip back through that calendar and I'll know uh, approximately how many days is between their cycle so that I can plan for their standing heat date better. I like that. That's a good idea because now that I'm not outside very much, like I very rarely know when my goats go in heat. Unless it's one of the loud ones that just screams their head off every time. (laughs) Yep. But, like, Maya doesn't really do that. She's more subtle. Um, So, yeah, that's that's a really good way to stay organized. I like that. 
I also take a picture of their vulvas like during the three or four days that I think they're in heat. That way I can compare them. And then I just take a random one too. So if anybody was to go through my Google photos, they'd be like, what the? (laughs) But it's really helpful. (laughs) We are so excited that Grubbly Farms now has a starter grower feed. They just introduced Grubbly's Little Pecks for chicks aged zero to 20 weeks. Grubbly Farms is thrilled to introduce the first ever starter grower feed that mimics a chicken's natural diet using insects and plants. Unlike other feeds, every peck is purposefully packed with sustainably grown rub protein and farm fresh ingredients that chickens naturally love. When our 2021 chicks arrive, we will be feeding our little ones the way nature intended with grubs, plants, vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to help them grow strong, healthy, and happy. And you can do that too. This feed is non-medicated, corn-free, soy-free, and fish-free. And it's also non-GMO. Get this delivered to your door just in time for your new flock members. Go to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. All right. So, as we mentioned, heat detection requires a lot of watching in observing of behavior or taking pictures of a back end. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. We're not the only weirdos that do that. I see other people post on Instagram all the time that like farming is like 50% looking at the back end of animals. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> true. <laughs> Pretty much. So with cows, the surest sign of estrus is that a cow or heifer um, permits other animals to mount her while she remains standing. So, you know, standing heat is literally like they'll stand there and wait for it and they'll tolerate the attentions of another animal doing that. So this is obviously the best sign of how a cow's fertile and when that period is. So if you're trying to track, um, that's a really good sign. So the most productive means of determining which cows are in standing heat is to observe the cattle carefully for at least 30 minutes, twice per day. So if you don't have time to do that, AI might not be the best um, for you. (laughs) Because with a bull, like you can just kind of like put them in there and you don't really have to worry about it as long as the cow or heifer is healthy. But with AI, like, it takes a lot of time and attention to stand there and observe and figure out what's going on. Uh, So the more frequent um, observations that you can make could be beneficial to how quickly you can start tracking things. And also really interesting thing, too, um, and there's more uh, information within the article about this, but estrus synchronization is a thing. And it can aid in accurate heat detection and shorten the number of days that heat detection must be done. So um, definitely check out the article if you want to learn more about that. Um, So here's the really unfortunate part, too. Um, The best time of days to observe cattle for heat detection are very early in the morning and at the last daylight in the evening. Um, So... Heat detection um, can happen while cattle are eating at feed bunks or hay racks, um, but it might be a little tricky because, like, they're hungry and they're focused on their food. So you might have to go out to the pasture and watch them. Um, and there's this really helpful table in this article too of when cows sh- show heat um, by time. 
So between 6 a.m. and noon, 22% of cows show heat signs. Between noon and 6 p.m., it's 10%. 6 p.m. to midnight is 25%. And midnight to 6 a.m. is 43%. So cows like to do it in the dark, too. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame them. But, I mean, if I have to stand there and watch, I'm going to have to, like, wear a headlamp. (laughs) It's like 5 a.m. Sam's hanging out in the pasture, staring drinking at- coffee, watching cow porn. <laughs> like <laughs> pretty <what>? much. <laughs> um, all right. So this can be a major cause of why people have a hard time detecting heat in cattle because nobody wants to be out in the pasture watching their cows between midnight and 6 a.m. Most of the time they're like bedded down and pretty boring. But I guess if you wanna, you wanna, and they might get up and get a little frisky if you have more than a cow out there. So many of the cows um, that do have a standing heat from midnight to 6 a.m. can be observed as having secondary signs of heat at the time of normal heat detection of on the previous e- evening. So secondary signs of heat include willingness to mount other cows, um, either um, even though neither cow may be willing to stand for a mount, roughened tail head or mud on the rump, which is evidence that other animals have tried to mount her. Uh, So basically her hair is messed up. You can think of it like that. Um, (laughs) Restlessness, which may be indicative of a cow about to exhibit heat. So cows in preheat may be really loud. They might headbutt. They might pace the fence. um, They might sniff or lick other cattle. And number four, You may observe clear, stringy mucus discharge, which may be hanging from the vulva or smeared on the pin bones or rump of a cow about to have estrus or one already in estrus. And then bloody mucus often appears two to three days after estrus has occurred and should be recorded in order to closely watch for heat in 17 to 21 days. Whew. Who knew this was such... Uh, an event. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you, I figured it would be an event because it has been for the goats, mm. but I did not know that cows, it sounds like cows are a little trickier to like mm-hmm. actually be able to tell than goats are. But I mean, it helps that my goats are small. I can just like wrestle one to the ground and like sit on it so I can lift a tail and, like, <laughs> you know, double check. You know, sometimes when they're in heat, they don't want you to, but that's usually yeah. means that they're not in standing heat. They'll stand still and let me pick up their tail when they're in standing heat. <laughs> but so I. You can look at it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like to always look because that's how I can tell, like, if it's coming up. So, like, mm-hmm. I'll make them let me look if I have any, like, indication that they might be getting close. <laughs> no it's totally fair yeah fancy um is very skeptical if i go anywhere near her behind and you have to be careful because cows will kick uh yeah cows karate kick oh yeah but i did notice the other day um she did get out again and i put her back in and i was looking at her from behind and just kind of watching her making sure she was staying put and eating the third cut hay that she normally doesn't get to make her stay in her pen until we could figure out how to <laughs> secure her more. Um, I did see like bloody discharge on her backside. 
So I definitely like wrote that down. So I'll kind of go back and watch it again in 17 to 21 days to see if she has it like again around that time, because then that might at least give me some hints of how to start tracking a little more closely, because as you guys heard, a lot of this is like the, the animals mounting each other and it's just her out there right now. Well, and something else like to remember too, and why it's so important that you know when the standing heat is occurring AI is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, you have to have a tech come out to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you don't want to mess around with um, wasting canes of really expensive bull semen, like when your right. cow's not in sanding heat because it won't stay, um, or having to pay the AI tech to come out and help you. <laughs> right. Right. Because it is like a whole event that I am not doing by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why like – Having it down, like, to the science of, yes, I am positive that my cow is in standing heat is so important. Like, if anybody's scratching their head, like, why do you care? That's why. Yes. (laughs) Catching. Yes. So there are some aids to heat detection. um, And these are available for producers with uh, AI programs. These aids include chin ball markers placed on androgenized cows. So snip, snip, or deviated gomer bowls. Um, And this device, similar to a ballpoint pen, is strapped on the underneath side of a chin of an animal expected to mount cows or heifers in heat. So the ink in the chin ball marker leaves colorful streaks on the back or rump of a cow that has been mounted or was at least attempted to be mounted. So it's oh. like, it's just like colorful chalk of, hey, we got freaky. <laughs> you got a mark for it. <laughs> yeah, that actually sounds really useful. Yeah. Uh, there's also a commercially available aid in heat detection that is called the Kamar heat mount detector. And this device is glued to the rump just forward of the tail of cows suspected to be in heat in the near future. And prolong pressure, at least for three seconds, from the brisket or chest of mounting animals will turn the originally white detector to red. And using the heat mount detector will be more effective in those pastures with little or no low-hanging tree limbs or brush or back rubbing. Because if the device gets bumped by one of those things, um, obviously it could be like a false alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's um, an economical heat detection aid that is used in most U.S. dairies, and it's called tail chalking, and it involves only a small expensive oil-based seal barn paint stick, Um, and this is available at, like, most livestock stores, and it comes in a bunch of colors. Uh, Orange is often the color of choice, uh, especially for producers that are colorblind. Um, The chalk or livestock paint is rubbed on the tail head of cows to be in heat. The chalk should be placed from the imaginary line between the hook and hip bones back to and including the corner where the tail begins. Some producers choose to chalk in a narrow strip in the summer months. Um, But basically, you're just looking for cow's chalk to be messed up. In short. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is a cheap, this isn't like a fancy device or anything like this. Um, 
just super easy to do this compared to other methods. And if you have a lot of cattle, this is probably the cheaper way to go. Um, and basically you read the chalk strip by, um, if a cow is coming into heat and is being ridden, but will not stand the chalk might be like slightly smeared, but it will also have some of the riding animals hair in it. And both the hair and the chalk will be ruffled forward with a feathered appearance. When those conditions are spotted, write down the cow's number and watch her closely. When she is in standing heat and being ridden repeatedly, the chalk will mostly be rubbed off. So then you can track from there. Um, the oil-based chalk is relatively rain resistant and unlikely to be rubbed off on brush. And after seven to 10 days, it will take on a flaky crested appearance. Um, some AI techs choose to rechalk cows when the chalk becomes weathered and dried, but no signs of riding have become apparent. Um, and it does say that sometimes the cows will lick it off, but it's not likely. The end. <laughs> well, that's really fascinating, all that stuff about the chalk. I had not thought to, because like you could totally use that on any animal yeah. that you're looking to, to detect heat on. And that seems like a totally reasonable, like economic, like you mentioned, economical way mm-hmm. to be able to kind of track it and keep an eye on it. And then you can also learn the different patterns of like how it sort of ramps up and then tapers off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can get an idea of approximately how long after like the, the chalk disturbance starts. When does it get like <laughs> serious? Yeah. <laughs> when is the hair really messed up? Yeah. <laughs> Well, all of that was super cool. I thought that that was super fascinating. Good. It just made me feel like, shit, this is going to be really difficult without a bull. But I really don't want a bull. So like I've been trying to decide if I want to do the AI thing or if I want to see maybe if we can find her like a boyfriend that she can go visit or that could temporarily visit here. Um, But I don't think I want a long term bull unless I can find one that's like super friendly and I feel like that's going to be really hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, that will be because by nature they're semi unpredictable. So they can be really friendly with you for months or even years. And then suddenly like the wrong behavior can kind of like click something within them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why some people are so hesitant about having bulls. Also, yeah. it doesn't make sense to keep a bull for just one cow. Like, right. If you right. were going to have a bull, you would want a whole herd that you were servicing. Like, just from a, a work and expense and mm-hmm. also risk, <laughs> you know, uh, like side, because, you know, th- th- having a bull on hand is risky, but you might be right. more willing to take on that risk if you've got, you know, a hundred head of cattle that have to be serviced by this bull. Like, right. it makes That's sense. like one happy bull then. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that that is a preoccupied bull for sure. Like, he has a job <laughs> and he gets to do it and doesn't have a whole lot of sitting around wishing he could be with the ladies. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Ah. <sighs> All right, so now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? 
All right. So my can't even is from um, an article from the Metro uh, UK. And it's a few weeks old now at this point, but I couldn't even that there was a cat so obsessed with blueberry muffins at a bakery that he keeps trying to steal them from customers. Like, (laughs) they have a sign up that says, don't order blueberry muffins. The cat will try to steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like a fantastic marketing ploy because that just makes me want to do it. Yeah. And in fact, in the article, it talks about how one guy saw the sign. It was like, oh, it can't be that bad and then he instantly regretted it because it was that bad (laughs) yeah that's amazing so apparently this is like some sort of cat cafe or a cafe where cats are allowed inside i don't know um but you can read the article there will be a link to it in the show notes it's just really funny like this cat is just like going crazy for this blueberry muffin and i don't know apparently he just doesn't like anything else or doesn't want anything else so he's obsessed that's amazing i mean the cat likes what he likes i can't blame him blueberry muffins are delicious they are so what is your can't even this week so i found an article from agwheat.com um and the title is farm animals provide a boost to morale and immune system And it's about a 2019 Ohio State study suggesting that getting your children outside more in a rural environment versus urban will boost their immune system. And I thought it was pretty neat uh, because the beginning of the article starts with um, how her daughter is getting into cattle and she loves it. Um, And that there's this study that suggests, you know, that farm life is actually good for your immune system. Obviously, you don't want to, like, go stick your hands in cow shit and then put them in your, you know, in your mouth. But, you know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's actually really good for your immune system. Um, According to the study, exposure to environmental bacteria in Amish babies raised in a rural area with farm animals showed a boost to the early immune system compared with urban babies raised with no farm animals. Um, the study's co-lead author, who is a professor of microbiology at Ohio State's Department of Animal Science, said good hygiene is important, but from the perspective of our immune systems, a sanitized environment robbed, robs our immune system of the opportunity to be educated by microbiomes or microbes. Sorry. Too clean is not necessarily a good thing. And she goes on to say it's an odd study to quote in a global health pandemic, but I'll use it to justify my role in funding Anika's cattle herd of two. So if you're looking for a way to like convince your partner to get you more animals, especially if you had kids, like just say it's it's for their health. Like it's going to help their immune systems and see if that works for you. <laughs> and what's really cool about this too, like this is an excellent reason for why like agro-tourism places are so important because not everybody can leave the city or wants to leave the city and live on a farm but like I think I think I think there are a lot of people out there that really enjoy the connection with nature and the connection with animals and those places that offer agro-tourism and hands-on with like livestock give everyone the opportunity Mm -hmm. to have that and be exposed to that without having to you know like sell the house in the suburbs right. of the city and move to the right. farm like <laughs> exactly yes and like if anybody you know i think it's pretty easy to think like ew, a farm's dirty and dangerous and awful and 
I'm going to touch something and get sick. And that's not necessarily true. Like, obviously, like they said, good hygiene's important. <laughs> yeah, you still got to wash your hands after yeah. you've like been all over the livestock. But I mean, that's just good, smart practice. But having your hands be exposed to that bacteria in the first place, even if you wash it off and it doesn't infect you, uh, helps your immune system remember it, probably. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I just make that up. <laughs> I mean, being around the air and smelling it and breathing it in and all that fun stuff, too. Yeah, definitely. I think I don't think you're making it all up. No. <laughs> but yeah, we'll link to the show notes if you guys want to dig into that article a little bit more. I just thought it was really neat. And I know everybody's been obsessing with, I, at least me, with Lysol wipes. Like for a while, couldn't find them. Uh, but they're like my favorite thing. But sometimes, you know, a little dirt. It ain't going to hurt. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so make sure you send us your can't evens in the Facebook group. Um, you can also send them via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. And be sure and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because we read one review from Apple Podcasts on the show per week. And at the end of the month, we draw a winner to win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. But we don't have a review this week. So oh. whoever leaves us one in February uh, is probably going to be the winner. <laughs> yeah. So go do that if you haven't yet. And we will read it. Yes. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This is a great way to help out the podcast and help more people like you find us. And share this episode over on Instagram in your stories. Tag us at Drink and Farm and we'll send you a promo code that'll give you a discount off in our merch shop. Make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and you'll be able to find links to all of our social media and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. That's it. We hope you enjoyed learning about the cows, getting them in the mood. Yeah. Doing that thing. <laughs> you found a really inventive use for oil chalk paint. Yes. Enjoy. And if you try that, <laughs> let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clocks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.